don't know, 19th? I think today is the 19th. Today is... Episode 15 of the Good Friends Podcast. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome, you geese. Welcome. It's actually a Tuesday. Welcome, Rod. Oh, it's a Tuesday, right? Today we're doing it really early. It's a hot take episode. Going up on a Tuesday. Got the pod governor. Oh, yeah. There you go. Hot take episode. Hot take episode. We're so... Thank you for joining us here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being here week after week. We've got a whole plate full of hot takes. Um, hot off the press. It's a steaming ass plate. It's a steaming ass plate. Steaming pile of hot takes. <laughs> steaming... We just got off the can, looked pile. back because we were curious, and it's a steaming pile in that bowl. It's not poop, it's hot takes. It's hot takes. Yeah. Hot takes. That's a Hot Pockets rip. Hot takes. Anyway, okay. hot takes. Hot what take. we're actually hot taking about <laughs> is the finale of... The greatest television show in the history of, I don't know, Pangea, Earth, Galaxy Milky Way, like everything. And I'm just going to go with moderately entertaining TV show... <laughs> Mad Men. Wow, okay, this episode will end with the the first recorded curb stop <laughs> in podcast history. Watch your mouth. This whole episode is actually almost a T is like a TV hot take. Oh yeah. We got a lot of TV talks in it. Yeah. Eat freaks. Oh right. Need me. That's true. Need treat. But Beach we won't eat. We won't That's true. We won't spoil. It's the TV episode. It is the TV episode. Let's call it that. The it's good TV friends episode. TV episode. And so, Janet. But yeah, Janet, get ready. If you could do a really cool sound effect of static, like yeah. TV episode. Yeah, so and just edit that. that in and we'll, yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like I'm coming so. from an old-timey TV. Right. Okay. Janet, so. Feel good about anyway. That. Okay, so. And, uh, the so greatest show of all time. Mad <laughs> Men. It. It's over. What a long and glorious trip. Yeah, it was long and glorious. I sense exhaustion and disappointment coming from you. But not, not exhaustion and disappointment. Uh, right. Well... I mean, maybe a little disappointed. We'll get to it. Maybe a little bit disappointed. If anyone was wondering, we should probably explain what Mad Men is about. <laughs> it's about a group of really angry people. Yeah. A bunch of mad dudes. Ma- mad dudes in a room that are like, we need to work through this and stop being mad. Right. And that's the plot. It's a lot of uh, self-help. It's a lot of, yeah. It's, it's actually Chicken Soup for the Soul made into a weekly dramatic period piece. No, but Mad Men's about the life of uh, this super angry, really handsome man named Don Draper. Cannot emphasize his handsomeness enough. He's genuinely beautiful. That's like, yeah, right. That's like the crux of the. I mean, that's like his main, pl- his like main characteristic. <laughs> Is that that's he's his really main handsome. characteristic. Yeah. Which factors into the finale, which we'll get to. Right. His handsomeness. His handsomeness and uh, his ability to be seen. Right. Because his handsomeness. I know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. That was a pretty nice part of the episode. Anyway, we'll get to. We'll get to. Uh, yeah, it's over. It's over. It's been it's been seven and a half seasons. What do you call this? Do you call the half season the seventh and a half, or do you just call it an eight? I don't know how to feel. I say seven. You say seven. Going back on looking at it, yeah, it's I, all I, just because, one, right? Also because I wish they hadn't have split it up. I know, I know. Even though they feel so different, man, they really do. It's crazy. They feel like two different shows yeah, to me. I know. Or like two different moments. I can't really remember the first half of the seventh season, to be honest with you. You can't? Not really. Well, every season of Bad Men like, often involves like a, what is it, like a, a really big account. Like every season I think right. has like a big account. So right. that was like, I call that like the burger joint season. Okay. Where they're just like figuring out the burger joint huh. account. I always feel like that's the easiest way because there's just so, Mad Men is so dense. Yeah, it's true. There's it is so really much dense. going on that if I can't categorize it by their like big accounts, I don't know when shit goes Very good point. Out. I almost always forget about the accounts. Really? Like, oh, yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm more interested way. in, like, 
the interpersonal know. relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's so true. But so much of it's told, and one of the many brilliant things is told through, like through these accounts and how it's these true. accounts factor in. Like I'm rewatching the show, and like season one is a lot about Lucky Brand right. or Lucky Strike. Lucky Strike. Um, and then we're getting into Kodak, which is like the big one I think mm-hmm. for season two. He gives a super sappy speech about the the, the carousel. Yes, the carousel, the most famous speech. Right. And and last and the end of season seven, the burger joint pitch is like Peggy's famous is her carousel. Kind of. What does she do with burger she, pitch? She does the burger joint pitch where she's like right after the moon landing. She oh, right. So that's like her carousel moment. Uh. So it really feels like the seventh season is like part of the show, and then this season everything is deconstructed. We're going to get into spoilers, right? Like, we just have to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you haven't heard Mad Men, you can fast forward. I'll tell you, like, when on, like, the podcast info, but, like, we don't care. Yeah, we don't care, so get over yourself. It's a dense show, and you're not going to be binging it. Mad Men is immune to binging. It's really hard. True. Really hard to binge that show. Really hard to binge it. It's an endurance test. Do do yourself a favor. Fast forward this breaking clip. Breaking clip. Yeah. Nancy Grace's hot take on Mad Men. All right, let's go. All right, so here's where we left off. Let's do a left off and what this season's been about. Okay. So we left off at the end of the last season with um, the moon landing. The last episode takes place right after the moon landing. Don and uh, Megan have a threesome, and Don is not so thrilled about it. Megan's really confused. Oh, you're doing the whole thing. Oh, is that that not in the the last episode? Oh, okay, sorry. Having the first thing you go to. Like, all right, big plot point. Don and Megan had a threesome in one episode. He wasn't into it for some reason. (laughs) I forget everything else, but that's something that happened. No, but last season was crazy. I mean, season... Okay, this is actually important. Season six... Math, creator Matthew Weiner has talked about how season six is to him. The end. The end. What the happens end at the end of season six again? It's when Dawn has his breakdown about Hershey's ah. during the Hershey pitch. Ah. Basically, it's like, I was born in a crack house. Yeah, right. My parents hated me, and I was raised by whores, and they're like, we're not selling that. Yeah, right. He leaves. Oh, I rewatched that clip, actually, where he yeah. does that. It's so great. <laughs> it's really Because funny. he starts with, like, a fake pitch, and it sounds great, and it's yeah. like, my dad would tussle my hair. It works. Give me a Hershey's. Yes, and it's a sign of love. Yeah, right. And then he's like... Actually, I was born in a whorehouse. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt really quick. Yeah. Oh, that was a lie. I was yeah. born in an absolute whorehouse. Yeah. They're like, Don. So yeah, that season ends with them being like, Don, leave of absence. We're making you do it. Yeah. Because he'd been volatile all season, was not doing work, was a little too comfy cozy. Really drunk. Really drunk all the time. Like, homeboy was a problem. Yeah. Um, so they're like, you gotta go. The best last moment is when Peggy is in Don's room because it's where all the stuff is and she just sits down in the chair and it's like, oh, Peggy is creative director. (laughs) And the last scene is Don showing Sally, who has just gone through the ultimate betrayal of seeing her father cheat, um, shows her the house he was born in. Yep. Um, And that is to Matthew, that was his original idea for the whole ending of the show. Hmm. So then now there's a whole 14 episodes that came after that. More 14 episodes. 14 episodes. So season... Seven, the first half of it, starts with a complete breakdown of the Don Draper character because he comes to, he like, he doesn't have a job. He like comes to work and sort of has to work from like the ground up. He's like not the head honcho anymore. It's kind of like the whole season compacted into one, maybe, or like the whole series compacted into one. Yeah, totally. It's like maybe down to ground It's level. definitely like the bow on the. Season seven's like the bow on the on the on the box. Yeah, kind of wraps everything up. Totally, it's an epilogue. It just gives you a microcosm of like the whole show. Yeah, in a way, and it's like it takes you from him from his like most bottom to his like most sterling and amazing. That's true, because at the end, because like yeah, right at the end of this last 
episode where like there's some closure with Don. Yeah. Where he has way. that moment with the sad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sad ugly guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what he was credited as. Yeah. Sad, sad ugly, ugly guy. guy. Dan. Yeah. Not even a last name. Damn. Uh, there's some kind of like, you know, moment of of healing and like there is moment of closure. Healing. Hell yeah. In fact, that whole last scene, we're talking about the finale here. Right. That whole last scene feels like a pitch meeting. It has this, it like resembles sort of like mm, right. this sort of round table talk, even though it's like emotional and they're talking about themselves. Yep. It almost feels like this guy's pitching Don something. Mm. And he's pitching him this like certain kind of... Pain. Pain, yeah. This pain that like contextualizes his life a little bit. Interesting. Probably. But this season has just been brutal to Don. This half season. Yeah, kind of, but he's just kind of, it just seems like he just doesn't give a shit. It's like he... Like he's just living his... But he but he's feeling the pain of these people who are back home. He just doesn't, he's so disconnected from them. Yeah. They're true. He's so How like... How do you even sum up where this finale starts? I don't actually don't even really remember. The finale the starts, Don had just stayed at the, it was kind of like a retelling of that early episode, uh, the hobo and the whatever, mm-hmm. the hobo code, yeah, that yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Don Don's like driving across the Midwest because he had put all of his hopes on this woman that he can't find. Right. And then he's like, "Fuck it, Let's keep going." Just keep going. Away. So he keeps driving west, and his car breaks down. And he stays at that like motel that's like basically filled with army vets, and yes. then he like gets drunk with them at their function, and then they like barge into his room because they think he stole some money when really it was like the the. This Don Draper light, this like yeah, other right. kid who's young, like, Draper. young yeah, Draper. Young Draper. Young Draper. That's gonna be my rap name. Yeah, Young Drape. Young Drape. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and so uh, that the, that episode ends with Don happily sitting on a on a bus bench, like waiting for the bus. Right. Which could have been a finale. Right. All these episodes could have been finales. Yeah. In a in like a weird way. Yeah. And this whole season starts in like 1970 when like. The company, basically, they're trying to get rid of Don, like, in the first half of season seven, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. they want to get rid of Don. Roger Sterling, his homeboy, his fam. Everyone's worried about losing money. Everyone, yeah, everyone's Don's worried Don's a partner, about and he's, obviously, you know, what he does affects the value of the company. And he's acting crazy and yeah. irrational, so, like, they want him gone. But young squad, literally, Roger brings the whole team together, sells SEDP to McCann Erickson at the end of the last season. Right, which is like the big advertising firm. Which is firm. the big real-life advertising firm. It right. is a real advertising firm. Yeah. Um, yeah, sells it to them in a way to ensure that these two people that are on the board who are trying to fire Don can't because they no longer... Uh, not yeah. only do they no longer have the they say, but now they love Don. Yeah, 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 totally. And McCann loves Don, and everyone's going to get like millions of dollars. Yeah. So this season starts with everyone thriving with their millions. There's like loving life. Until the whole company gets swallowed up. up. Swallowed. Destroyed. Destroyed. So Roger fucks everything up, (laughs) literally just to save Don. Yep. Like ruins this whole organization. And so the whole season has pretty much been a deconstruction of like this thing we've seen. And there's like, right, there's like allusions to like the counterculture, kind of like when. Peppered throughout. Yeah, right. Always. When when, like the, when the partners get together and they're like, everybody, like. Don't worry, your job's gonna be okay. We're just getting eaten up by McCann, and then everyone's just like chattering, and they're like, "Wait, right. listen, listen to me, listen," and no one's listening. That moment is so brutal. Yeah, that moment is really intense. Right. It's just, and they know their truth. They're yeah. like, mm, "This is this really is bad. this is bullshit. This is yeah. bullshit." How many of us are you gonna really take with you to this new company? Yeah. So the last few episodes have been at McCann Erickson. 
Don is like brought in like he's the superhero and they're like so excited to see him. The minute he steps foot into a boardroom, he know he sees that he's just like one of a million ad guys now. Yeah. He's kind of gone back to being this like nondescript dude. So he evacuates the boardroom. He has an interesting shot where he's like staring at the window, looking at a plane. And he's like pensively. I can't do this. Yeah, he's like this. I can't. Goodbye. With this. Yeah. And that's the last time people see him. And it is the last time anyone on the show. And he just sees walks him. out. He walks out, yeah, and he it. does not have a single scene with another character ever again on that show. No, he just gets and in And that his, was four episodes ago. He gets in his car, and he walks away. That's yeah, it. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So this finale, which just aired, features a lot of phone calls, not a lot of face-to-face. It's true. It is a lot of phone calls. A lot of phone calls. Mm. He makes a lot of phone calls. Mm. He does not really see anyone familiar, but there are a lot of goodbyes He does see show. his uh, aunt's... Or whatever the the Anna Draper, the Anna Draper, wife the, of the wife man of the he, man he, whose identity she stole. Yeah, he stole. totally. Um, he sees her niece, right? Yes. Some like vaguely familiar person to him. Yeah. And it's like the whole episode, he's like with her, and you're like, dude, you don't really know her, like. Yeah, he's not he your tries family. to save her. Yeah. It's another woman that he tries to save. Because yeah, right. Which is so tough. Okay, should let's do like a quick take. I want to know what did you think? Because you saw it, you just saw it. What did you think of it? In I mean, I understand, like, the point of it is, like, Don Draper is this kind of, like, fucked up dude who just kind of repeats the cycle, right? Yeah. And, but it's just funny to me that, like, he has a moment of, like, emotional, I don't know, reality. Yeah. Where he, like, shares that moment with that guy, they, like, totally Ugly connect. Ugly Dan. <laughs> Ugly Dan. Him and Ugly Dan totally connect on feeling alone, but, I mean, for opposite reasons, obviously. Mm-hmm. Don's, like... So good. Well, not look. quite for opposite reasons. Well, but like, no, no, but like, Don is noticed by everybody. Right. And it's just kind of like, I don't know. It's, it's just this like fucked up cycle that he gets in. Totally, totally. And it like creates yeah, it's a like lot of. Don is like noticed, but he has like nothing to give. And yeah, ugly right. Dan is not noticed, and he has so much to give. Right. But he just wants to be loved. They right. can't recognize things people are giving them. Right. Which is like, yeah, and they have that moment where he's like, crying. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stands up and hugs him. Stands up and hugs him. But anyway, yeah. And then at the end, it's just... Uh, Which is a beautiful last scene before the last, last, Which last scene. Which is the scene. dumb, like, oh, this is how this Coca-Cola commercial came about. Right. Which is crazy. I know. Yeah, right? I, That's what I... I was like... I saw that, and I was like, really? Well, it was weird, because that was like an internet theory. It's been an internet theory for like a long time. Oh, really? That this would factor in in some way. Because is that like some super famous commercial? That commercial? Yeah. yeah. It's like one of the most famous Coke commercials of all time. And so... The Hillside commercial. Don... Did you never heard of it? No, I, I mean, I guess. But so now, but Don is just like, good job, you made that really good ad. I mean, okay, so like the concept I imagine of the commercial... him making the ad and then being like, I gotta get drunk. And going back, I yeah. know, I mean, okay, so there's so many ways to read the ending. It's like, you can read it really cynically and be like, all of this was for naught, and that he had like no emotional breakthrough of any kind. Or you can read it and say that he did have a real breakthrough, and that maybe what makes him happiest still is advertising. And he wants like find a way to distill it into a pitch. Legitimately an, an ad guy, yeah? He's no. an ad guy through and through. But I, I don't know, a lot of people really called this ending, which was like, not this ending in the form it took, but just like, that somehow the Coca-Cola thing would factor in. Which is crazy. I do not know how people called that. Yeah. Like on any level. It's a lot there of There were foresight. multiple, a lot of foresight. There were a lot of mentions of Coke. It's like, 
Oh when, yeah, right. When the they were having machine. that the Coke machine, and when they were having that meeting where they're trying to fight back against McCann Erickson, they're like, "Oh, the Coke, done. Yeah. He's like, "Done, you can have Coke." Yeah. Um, and Joan literally does Coke <laughs> in this. It's true, she does do Coke. Separate note, but Coke hit. Yeah. Uh, well, that's. True. I don't know. How do you I mean, read the ending? Do you feel like it was Don? Just do you think it was like a really like cynical kind of ending, or was it not? No, I think I think the intention of the ending was to like have it be like Don's better now. You think you take He's it different. as that? Yeah, I think that I was the intention. Um, that, that, I think that was the intention, but like just from yeah, me being cynical, I'm like, he's just gonna do the same shit. Right. Right. Like, what is change? I mean, he's still so he just like creates the coke commercial. I mean, this coke commercial is really. If you'd never heard of it, I guess it doesn't have like the same like oomph. There was all this like talk this season about like, you know, when the account guys are like talking about like. Like you're, 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 there was all this like all of like Don chasing the big one, and then like you're my uh, white, white whale, whale and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I don't know. I thought the whole point of that chatter at the beginning part of the season is like you're never. There's, and then what's next after that? Right. Like who who is uh, that scene where they're talking about like what do you want in your future? Don's reviewing um, Elizabeth Moss character. Right. Peggy. Like, what's your five year plan? Right. What's your five year plan? And she's like, get a really big account. And he's like, then what? Yeah, she's like, a tagline, yeah. a famous quote, Yeah. Like, then what? Yeah. And then she, he asks Ted the same thing, and he's like, land a pharmaceutical. Yeah, right. And I just kind of thought that, like, I thought that that was, like, Don had, that was moment where Don was like, I've been there, I've done that, like, right. what's next? What else does life have to give me? Right. And so then the twist is that his moment is also related still to Annette. Yeah. Right? That it's kind of like, oh, so that's you're the I'm same like, as well. Yeah, that's why I'm like, oh, that's kind of like a frustrating ending for me. Yeah, Wanting for sure. to, Yeah, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, that's just my desire to see, like, completion of a, of a switch from a character. Totally. Or, what did you, you know? want? Did you want, were you someone who wanted to see him, like, dead and get his comeuppance or something dramatic, or did you want actually him, like, riding off into the sunset with, like, a sense that he was gonna be, like, so... I just wish it was... I wish it was, like, just up front about how dark he got and, like, how Mm -hmm. dark he is as a person. Mm -hmm. And just, like, showed him getting on some boat and just going somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of trying to be, like, he got better. Yeah. I think the more interesting turn that the finale took was that they did not... I thought what this whole season was leading to was us seeing every element of the Don Draper, like, persona, like, stripped away. Mm. And I thought that this finale would be him becoming Dick Whitman almost entirely. Uh, and us not ever getting a sense that he'd be Don again. Like, when he loses his furniture, his company's right, gone. Right, right, right. He just walks out. There's no... We were talking about this. There's no way... There's literally no way people would get in contact with him if they didn't want to. He doesn't actually exist as yeah. a person. Um, he has no apartment. He has no car now. He just has all this money. And I really didn't think that it would end, in a sense, with us being True. told that he's going to head back to New York, still be Don and write like a killer. After seeing the second to last episode, which I loved, yeah. I kind of figured like, oh, he's just going to turn into a hobo. Right. He's just going to lose all his money. He's going to lose like his car, his family, his whatever, his house, his all That would have been dark though. I, I would have loved that. I would imagine that ending, but with yeah. less, um, less devastation that he would have been gone. But there was also in retrospect, no, he couldn't leave his kids and in a way he couldn't leave without knowing that Betty was dying. Yeah, but you don't even get closure on that. I think you do in a way. You don't think so? So he's just a horrible dad to these kids then? I mean, one... Okay, well, that's the thing. I mean, I think we're hopefully left, led to believe that if he he's has some sort dad. of enlightenment, that he'll come back and be a I need to. Person. I need to see proof that he's able to, like, commit. To what? Which, to being to a something. Father. Right. To something. I think the to only thing he can commit to is 
his persona as an admin. He just likes... I mean, he likes Sally now because she's not a child. She, he doesn't have to discipline her. He right. doesn't have to, like, you know... He can just talk to her when he wants to. Right, right. And she's going to be the he adult have to raise in the her. family Yeah, now. she's the adult. She's mature. He's not. Right. Totally. No, it's true. I needed to see some kind of, like, you know... Going back to see Betty would have maybe... But, like, he's, like, talking. He's like, I'm going to come out there and I'm going to see you. I was like, you're... But lying. that was another moment where I was like, oh, he's done as Dom. Because she's like, the best way to keep things normal is if you're not here. Mm. I was like, there's just really, they're like really trying to drive home that like this person is like. Are we overthinking done. that maybe Don never did create the Coke thing? I think we have to believe that he made the Coke thing. We, like, there's no, I can't imagine reading it as anything. What do you else. think the person who actually made that ad is doing right now? <laughs> oh my god. McCann Erickson put it back on their homepage. Oh, really? Being like, we've done a lot of good work, including this commercial, in case you've seen it. And it's like, you know, we just saw it on Mad Men, and it's everywhere. Mad on Men made, the, made that company seem like a bunch of bigoted sexist, though. I know, but I mean, what company then wasn't? Like, to be real. <laughs> like, literally, to be real! So brutal. I mean, a lot more happens other than just Dawn. That does remind me. Yeah, right. Joan has her moment of thrive. Peggy has her mm, questionable uh, moment of Also, thrive. that was dumb. That was not my favorite moment. The Peggy moment? Peggy and this guy Stan. realizing they were in love. What? I was not obsessed that with that. It came out of left field. It came out of left field, but we, but not really, because we know they're in love. We knew that they, like, loved each other. Didn't you know that? I knew of? they were, yeah, I guess so. Like, in a way, you, I just feel like we didn't need to see it. That wasn't something that I really needed to see. Yeah, At I, I all. wasn't like, I don't know what I wanted for Peggy. Right. I guess. I don't know. I did not, th- and in a way, I think it's interesting, because, like, Joan and Peggy are like the two female characters, right? Yeah, like the right. Female and so for her, her, for her, like moment of joy to be like, I finally found a guy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like Jones is that she has to choose between yeah. a guy and between being successful and between business. being successful yeah. between her job. And then Peggy's thing is that she actually does not need to choose because this guy like loves her irregardless. So in a way, I guess she comes out on top. And they in that do the way. same thing. But that phone call with that moment with Stan, I comes thought, I right thought... after her conversation with Don. It just, like, oh, ripped right. me out of this, like, really yeah, intense right. moment Very that true. she just had. Yeah, right. I'm like, what? Am, Don, I, just, am right. I watching a rom-com right now? Like, this just got went from so dramatic and, like, devastating and, like, potentially the last time they'll talk to each other to, like, literally this, like, weird, mm. I don't know, Nancy Byers movie. Like, mm. what is going on? Very true. That I didn't love. And I also just don't know if that's a note I needed to end on. That, if that, that moment was great. I thought it was well-acted, well-written. But that should have been, like, two episodes ago. I thought that I don't he, think I need that in the finale. This isn't Friends. You, so you know how he, like, doesn't say anything after she, like, realizes that she yeah. loves him? and he's, like, on I thought he up. was going to be, like, joking with her. Oh, really? I, I knew he was, he was coming up. Because it's such rom- romantic comedy beats. I was like, yeah. he's going to be at the door, like, I'm right here. Yeah. And it was. It was exactly that. I mean, I loved the moment, but it was just so... This is another thing. I think a lot of people on Twitter felt the same, that, like... The finale was, like, surprisingly conventional. You didn't get a lot of, like, signs that he was, like, thinking about her, that she was thinking about them, though. It just seemed like a... She didn't know. I mean, that was, like, her whole thing where she's like, I don't... I guess I do. Do I? I guess I do. I love you. But he never came on like he loved her. But I I guess that's just, like, I think they did. They have that moment where they're on the phone, but they're not talking. Right. Where Peggy talks about her child to him. I think, like, throughout the show, there's been no denying that, like... They have real affection for each other, whether it was romantic or, like, right. brother and sisterly or just, like, a real type of, like, platonic affection that's, like, just as powerful as being in love. It's just funny that that guy made it into the finale. I know! <laughs> if you'd have told me, because yeah. I'm re-watching the show and Stan is, like, in it. If you'd have yeah. told me that Stan was going to be in one of the last scenes in the show, would not have believed. I really would have loved to have seen um, my 
least favorite character, and I'm not saying this because it's a bad character, but okay. it's just because I hate him. Okay. Is, uh... BB. Oh, no. no, Weasel, Weasel Ass. What's his name? Oh, my God. Who? The fat guy who, like, accuses uh, oh, Megan of... fuck. He was in it. Harry Crane. Harry Crane. What a dick. I hate him. I would have loved to see him be really, get really successful or, like, crash and burn. I would have loved that. I would have loved if somehow there was just a random scene where suddenly he walked into um, a burning house and caught on fire. Yeah, he's the worst. He's the worst human. And there's something really sort of like funny about him being like the face of television yeah. on the show or something. It he's so successful because like he's such a weasel. He's such a weasel. He's yeah. such like hot garbage. But there's a way, yeah, it's like he doesn't get a happy ending or a sad ending. He just like keeps doing his thing. But he's in this like stullifying corporate place and like, ugh, yeah, he's just the worst. He's terrible. And they always hated him on the show, but I never un- hated him. They hated him before I hated him. Did you feel that way? The characters were always mean to Harry Crane before I understood what they were mean about. He did some really petty stuff a lot, though, earlier on I feel like I never series. picked up on it enough. He does that thing. He's, until, like, got a like, wife, and then he, like, season. cheats on her immediately, I right? Know, they all cheat. Yeah, but still. They're all bad boys. Yeah, that, yeah they, I hate all of them. I know. I hate all of them for that, too. It's true. No, it's totally true. Pete? I can't believe he I don't feel great it. about Pete. I don't feel great about Don. I know, but I Pete feel... got a happy ending, too. Yeah, and now his his daughter's gonna grow up to be an absolute bitch because her dad like fucking runs a private fucking jet company. These are such crazy problems to have with the finale. They're completely, completely unfounded yeah. on anything we saw. Anyway. But it is true. I would not have thought that he'd get such probably the happiest ending of all of them, literally riding off into the sunset. Well, with his family again. Happy. Quote. Yeah, as happy if, as you can be. If on flying on a private jet makes you happy, it does. That would make me very happy. I'm sure. You know, I do you know how many times I've asked Janet to figure out a private jet situation for the podcast. This Numerous, be... <laughs> Numerous. Janet, get on. Janet, that. okay, Good. yeah. Hey, Janet, this is um request number eighty. PJ, not talking about pajamas. Private jarts. I want one from California to New York, New York to California, like with our logo on each wing. I want my own jet. I mean, did you hear that, Janet? It's called, you're in debt now. You have two different requests. We gotta have up. two. We need two. Yeah. But it would be great if they could connect mid-flight. So we could hang out. So we could hang out and have yeah. like an elevator between them. Yeah. So two private jets with connecting, mid-flight connecting abilities and a glass elevator between them. Yeah. That or a speed bullet train. <laughs> yeah, one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever's hardest. Yeah. Not even whatever's easiest. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, the this finale... Good story. I liked. I, I was liked really it. fascinated. I liked it more than you did, I think. I was really fascinated by the just the exploration into like the human condition and like Don's kind of Don being drawn to this like life of of you know being a vagrant and just like on the road right. kind of thing. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you almost wish in a way that it would have just con- so you wish it would have continued somehow with like a more ambiguous ending of Don just like still on the road? Yeah. In a way. I think so. It is weird, because the show does train you, I think, for, like, the last seven and a half seasons to think that could be how it ends. Yeah, because it's, like, it's an unbreakable cycle. These guys are just made like this. Right. Don's just going to be weird. Just, I agree. That's just it. He's just a weird guy. It's funny when showrunners get real, clearly very sentimental about their works. Yeah. You know? Like, when I was watching Breaking Bad, this show that's, like, been was so grim, and you just suddenly see, like, how much these dudes just love these characters and want to give them something clean at the end. Yeah, right. Even when it doesn't feel like it totally fits. Like, when I was watching this finale, I was like, this is the most conventional... Like, there was literally a montage at the end of what everyone's doing. Yeah. 
It was crazy. It was yeah, just like, I'd been shot. told for seven and a half seasons basically to not expect something like this. Mm. And I went into it being like, if there's anything I won't be seeing, it's like a... Montage shot. Yeah, it's like string orchestral score of everyone smiling with like someone that they well, love. some people smile. Betty. Betty. <laughs> Betty and Sally. I realized like, oh, I realized when that shot... The only scene also shot at night. Like it was like Peggy uh, and... Oh, yeah, right. Something with the form was like so dark. Yeah. I was wondering uh, when I saw that scene, did people not realize in the 70s that like, Smoking cigarettes makes your lung cancer worse. Well, or was she just like, "Fuck it, I'm dying." I think it. Well, there is that moment where when she finds out her husband like oh, right. takes the cigarette. That's true. Yeah, right. But I think you knew, but you didn't really know that the whole first yeah. episode of Mad Men it was probably like is about that. Is she doesn't. You're right. She doesn't want to do the radiation or anything. She wants she, to. Yeah. She wants to die pretty. She's ready to die. Yeah. And she just is like so satisfied by her unsatisfying life. Yeah. Which is so sad. Yeah. Betty's story is so sad. I also don't like her. You don't like her? No. Yeah, I never thought they gave her enough, but now I almost feel like somehow this ending is so intense. Just seems like everyone's an asshole. Who? Maybe that's just what the Matthew Wine is trying to say. That everyone's an asshole? Yeah. What about Joan? Uh, I can think of a reason. But right. yeah, overall with the finale, like, I liked it a lot. I didn't love it as an episode, but yeah. I really loved the final scene with the Coke commercial. That I do love. Yeah. I think it's great. I think it's really If we're to believe ridiculous. that Don Draper has like changed like changed for the better, wouldn't you say that the low point of his whole existence is like when Stephanie refuses his help and like leaves him? Yeah, I do think that that is definitely the first person who's been And then after that he's like, Oh god. Right. And no, he calls totally. Peggy. Yeah. I definitely I mean I think in a way, I think that's sort of like a, Maybe that's just like triggered his his awakening. I mean, that's like, the first moment he's alone. And he realizes, almost. like, yeah, it's true. You know, that's, like, the first moment. I mean, like, that whole space is, I'm sure, a symbol of, like, a certain type of thinking. Like, people just come and go here. Like, yeah. the whole idea of just, like, being trans. I thought he was going place. to um, rehab. For what? For drinking? That would have been yeah. so anticlimactic. The final episode is just him being like, I need to figure out this drinking thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's the biggest conflict on the show. It is a main, like, it is a, such a big catalyst for all the things that go wrong in his life, though. I think it's more of his mis-ID'd, like, remedy. I think anytime something goes bad, he drinks. So, okay. yeah, I mean, in a way, like, that should definitely be fixed. But, I mean, his biggest problem is that he's just, like, a... He's not anything. Like, he has nothing, right? right? He's just a handsome man. Right, which is, I think, what that, like... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the finale is definitely... That final scene is definitely divisive in that, like, you don't... You know, he's smiling and you, like, can't... You do think it's, like, either he's reached some sort of enlightenment... Or he's, or like, he's I got a really good idea for Coke. Yeah, yeah, totally. And that commercial is, like, infamous for being, like, one of the first times, like, corporate America branded, like, the counterculture. Mm. You know, like, uh, selling... Dick. I know. Fuck him. Selling shit to, like, hippies and, like, using the whole idea of, like, unification and, like, bringing the world together, like, in that commercial. Although I don't know if Coke was necessarily, like... I think nowadays people our age think of Coke as, like, the ultimate corporate ambassador of evil. It's like, yeah. they're, you know, you can get Coke easier than water in Africa. Like, nothing's worse. Yeah. I don't know if it was necessarily on that level yet in, like, 1970, whatever yeah. it is. 71 or something. But still, like, really bad. Interesting. Good yeah. hot take. Love it. It was good. Everyone should watch the whole show from beginning to end, like, in doing. And then re-listen. And re oh, re-listen. you're saying re-watch it. Yeah, oh, re-watch the show. Okay, I re right. the premiere right before the finale. Blew my mind. Hmm. Like the first episode, it's so different. It feels completely different, but yeah, 
It's really interesting. Cool. Rewatch and all it. This, and all this shit with cigarettes would make the Betty stuff sad. But yeah, rewatch it. Really good. Mm-hmm. So that was Mead Mean. Mead Mean. Mead Mean. AMC's Mead Mean. Mead Mean. I can't believe it's over. Did it. So good. Didn't even practice that. No, we really didn't. <laughs> I know it's impossible to believe. Yeah. That was right on spot. Right. Well, to continue with TV theme, because this is a televisual episode. It's a television episode. It's going to be branded as such. I believe Janet's going to go on a Twitter campaign. Yeah. Facebook posts. Hashtag Tumblers. GFTVEP. Yeah, right. Um, I don't know. I'm sure she'll cobble together some kind of trailer. Yeah, it'd be great if she could put a sizzle reel, pitch it to the major networks within the next 48 hours, ideally. Right. Because we like to get these out by Friday. We can least. have our outtakes uh, mm-hmm. edited as, like, mm-hmm. a DVD extra. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. Hornet. So. Um, so, yeah. So, what is the thing we want to talk about now? Because last week was a really brutal event. What? Up front. Oh, up front. Okay. <laughs> Lame Where they event. announced they announced the TV shows that are going to be premiering in fall 2015. So. And boy, are they premiering! These are the boy ones are from the. These coming. are the ones from the networks. These are the ones from the classic networks: right. ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox. Right. Like, what better way to celebrate the end of Mad Men than to be reminded that network television yeah. just doesn't get it? <laughs> just cannot get it. Yeah. I mean, there are a few good shows sprinkled in here and there that d- d- do. Well, right, but then for some reason, they, I know, and then they always like get wound up getting on the worst nights for TV. Yeah, totally. It's so like it's their like, one well, good show. It's yeah. like, ooh, Friday's at eight. Yeah, like, right. Who even? So we're gonna go through some of the network's upfront presentations. The upfronts are an event that the major networks put on for the press to announce the next season's batch of shows that they're each hyping up. Yep. So they have like the actors come, the writers come. Basically, it's like a pageant. It's like a pageant show. Pageant show for TV. For TV. For ugly TV series <laughs> that they really want you to like. That they really Gonna want you to get Slack on some makeup. Totally. And sometimes it works. Like Empire was the last, was Fox's big upfront presentation last year, and it worked. Maybe throw some duct tape on your midsection. Oh my god. <laughs> throw on your dress. Suck it in. Ready for upfronts. Totally. Sometimes they'll just like uh, bring a wheelbarrow full of the cast tied up. Like, mm, mm. They're like, yeah. coming this year on CW. So we're going to go through the shows. We're going to read the titles, maybe guess the plot. Make some fun. <laughs> I'm trying to guess the plots from the title. Guess the plot from the title. Okay, we can and do this, And I'm game. sure be very off. Right. I'm sure be off, because these titles are a lot. Do you want to go through some of that? Yeah, let's take a look here. Also, a really fun trend is just how many washed-up movie actors really have decided that TV is the only way they're going to get Okay, pay. the first one we have is from ABC. It's another <laughs> one of these fucking, like, Bible TV shows. <laughs> of Kings genre. and Prophets. Okay. <laughs> I don't even Can know. you does it really like do we have to go into it? This of kings and prophets. It's a photo of some bro wearing a tunic, he's got a staff. <laughs> it's the only Bible um story to take place during EDC. It definitely takes place um in the Middle East. In oh disguise. hot, so I'm guessing he's white. He's a white guy. <laughs> yeah, so, I would assume. Yep. You know, everyone back then was white, so Yeah, did you know that? Yeah. Did you know that everybody was, you know, blue eyed, blonde yeah. hair, looking uh, really good. <laughs> okay, ABC also has the Muppets. They're doing the Muppets again. Another that's, Muppets remake. That's kind of hot into it. Hornet. Okay, now here's one that might stump us. ABC's <laughs> Quantico. Oh, my God. I think it's about a quinceanera that takes place in a bomb shelter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're not that far off. <laughs> what? 
Quantico tells the story of a diverse group of recruits who have been who arrive at the FBI Quantico base for training. They are best, the brightest, the most vetted. So it seems impossible that one of them is suspected of masterminding the biggest attack in New York City. Oh my fucking! Wait, that's the whole show? Yeah. That's the whole plot of FBI the show. FBI people. It's a bunch of yeah. It's a group of looks like three women, maybe a guy. Yeah. Maybe. One of them's an one of them's an, an insurgent. They're also all wearing the same exact thing. Yeah. That is, I'll definitely be watching. Quantico. Definitely skipping some of these. Oh, Uncle Buck starring Mike Epps. Love that. Yeah, good job. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's an easy... Isn't it weird how a movies lot of, back in the day were that, basically? There's a lot of, like, that. movie uh, getting it's picked so up easy. as TV familiar series. Familiar properties. Yeah. Very familiar. That's anyway, crazy. Angel from Hell. Um, I believe that is actually um, Janet's biopic. It's coming on NBC. Glee alum Jane Lynch returns. Stop right there. Anything that starts with Glee alum, Glee alum. is where I pause. That's, unless it's Jane Lynch. That's but. probably the uh, whole reason this got picked up. Yeah, Jane Glee Lynch. alum. That's all they said at the presentation. Yeah, anyway, she returns to prime time in this comedy as Amy, a woman who forms an unlikely friendship with Allison, played by Maggie Lawson, Okay. after claiming to be her guardian angel. Allison can't be sure if Amy is an angel or just nuts. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, that's it? Angel from Hell. On ABC. There has to have been a better title than that. I mean, look at the photo that goes along with it. Jane Lynch kind oh, of saying like... Which looks like a crackhead. She does look like a crackhead. This could be funny. And Allison looks like she's very unsure yeah. of Jane Lynch's <laughs> intentions, so... I just wish that there was a better title than Angel from Hell. It's going to be a doozy. Okay, the next doozy. one. Okay. Titled... It's on CBS. Okay. Life in Pieces. Okay, I believe this is going to be a show that adapts... I don't know, my experience when Janet sleeps over and, like, my life the next morning. Like, what my bed sheets look like a morning after Janet sleeps over. Is that what it's about? Guess again! <laughs> I don't know. Life in Pieces is a star-studded comedy about one family. It's told through separate stories of its different family members. <laughs> Diane West, <laughs> Diane Weist, and James Brolin among them. Oh, it's that show! <laughs> it's that show. It's that show. Wait, that is what every show's about. The shellacking together of, uh... It's a star-studded comedy about one family is told through separate stories of its different family members. So it's... Okay, so any show about families Pretty is much that. any any show centered around family. That is the most generic... Who pitched this? Who's I don't like, know. I want to do a family show, but every character is a character on it. I, I, also, why is uh, James Brolin and Diane Weist getting... <gasps> James Brolin? Mr. Barbara Streisand? Why are they getting top billing over Colin Hanks and Girl from Breaking Bad? <laughs> Starring Girl from Breaking Bad and Colin Hanks on um, because they're both stars. Here's my and other, their agents demanded. Here's it. my other observation. There's a photo of the whole family and it's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve people in there. Did you and there's only the infant? There's only two kids. Okay. They hate kids. This they whole family really <laughs> don't like kids. Wait, you're right. And also there's one ambiguously tan girl. Right. Could be, be Italian, maybe instead. Italian, yeah, or just really dirty, or just dirty, right? She's like gonna be the one that people white... don't like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> they just want to seem like they have a woman of color, so they just rolled around a white girl in mud before they <laughs> set it up. They they still don't like her. They still don't like her. Yeah, <sighs> it's a it's a it's a doozy. Okay, next on the CW, I don't know why the CW <laughs> made it's not, it, but it is. It's a network, I guess. It is a network. Yeah. It's UPN and the WB put That's together. Sad. Anyway, next on the CW, Legends of Tomorrow. Was this a name generator? And they're just like, Angel of Hell. Yeah. Legend of Tomorrow. Life in Pieces. Life in Pieces. Um, Angel of Tomorrow. I don't know. What could it be about? About Does it take place in the future? First of all, it's Legends of Tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> it's about people in the future. Judging by this guy's totally sweet armored suit 
Yeah. It's got some lights on there. Looks like a couple guns or something. Okay, I'm These listening. These guys are wearing douchey goggles. Oh, hell yeah. It's not, okay, so it's about Burning Man. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it takes place in the future <laughs> during Burning Man. That's what happens when whatever the Nevada Rock City just becomes an Black actual Rock city. city yeah. It becomes an actual city and it's uh, Gomorrah. It's, yeah, it's totally. It's Sodom and Gomorrah retold. Wait, that is so real. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's not. It's actually when <laughs> heroes alone are not enough, the world needs legends. Okay. Having seen the future, one he will desperately try to prevent from happening. Time-traveling rogue Rip Hunter, played by <laughs> Arthur Darville, is tasked with assembling a disparate group of both heroes and villains <laughs> to confront a non-stoppable threat, Vandal Savage. Vandal Savage. It sounds like it is. Gamora just get imploding upon itself. Quite literally. Vandal Savage is also just a the, source of bad things to call people. It's all the angry, uh, disadvantaged teens who don't have anything to do. Right, That's totally. Vandal Savage. It's all the people whose rides bailed on them, so they're stuck in Black Rock City. The city of the future puts all the money into, I don't know, fucking gun companies and armor suit companies instead of education. Oh, is this like an original, is this a comic book or what? I don't know. Anyway, okay, so wait. Oh, I didn't get through the whole sentence. So he's trying to take, he's tasked to assembly a disparate group of both heroes and villains to confront an unstoppable threat, Vandal Savage, one in which not only is the planet at stake, but all of time itself. Can this ragtag team undefeated an immortal threat like anything they have ever known? (laughs) I won't be sticking around to find out, but I have a feeling they will. On the WB, yeah. they love shit like this. The CW? This. CW. Right. WWB. It'll end up on Yahoo screen or whatever Yeah, it's for called. sure. Like, kids up to three episodes, but fan petitions. Yeah. The parents of the cast <laughs> begged for Hulu to pick it up. Okay, what else we got? Crazy Ex-Girlfriend on the CW. Oh, my God, what? What do you think this one's about? Um, Again, I'm just going to say Janet. Like, I don't know. Janet? Is it about Janet? It's Janet after meeting her one time. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Where the fuck were you? Wait, why? All I see in the picture is a woman hanging out on a pretzel. Because she's it crazy can't be about dog. Janet. She doesn't like gluten. Yeah, it's true. This can't be about Janet. All right, what's the plot? Okay, Rachel Bloom stars as a successful, driven, and possibly crazy young woman <laughs> who possibly gives up everything. Her partnership at a prestigious law firm and her upscale apartment in Manhattan in a desperate attempt to find love and happiness. Desperate? Come on, that is really mean word choice. Yeah, and uh, also, uh, the uh, you're right, in a desperate attempt to find love and happiness in that exotic hotbed of romance and adventure, West Covina, California. Oh my god. And then there's like a little parenthesis and it says, it's only two hours from the beach, four in traffic. That's really, that's actually kind of funny. Yeah. Who is this freak? Rachel Bloom? I don't know. She looks like In that idiot. exotic hotbed of... <laughs> Wait, that's really funny. Yeah. I like the idea of a show taking place in an obscure city. Welcome to it! Oh my god. Okay. Uh, uh, god, what is the reaction? Grandfather. This is when people are talking about. Grandfather? Johnny S. Okay, who the hell is that? John Stamos. Oh, hell yeah. A.K.A. my ideal chair. Because I want to sit on that face. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you heard me. So what do you think this one's about? Grandfathered. Um, I think it's about um, a grandfather who went to jail for molesting a couple of the kids, and they're just processing their relationship with him now that he's out begging for forgiveness. <laughs> Any chance on Very that? dark. And no. <laughs> and no? Okay. Let me tell you what I think it's about. Okay. I think it's about John Stamos' agent getting really mad and saying... <laughs> Johnny S. needs some work. Let's go. Come on. And everyone's like, who's Johnny S.? John Stamos! And then Fox oh, yeah. is like, okay, I guess, all right, I guess. I guess. Is he down to play Grandpa? This is, like, how you know, this is how you know a series or like a TV network cares because the fucking 
the explainer for the series, the last one the was like, a, a, yeah, it was a paragraph. This right. one is one sentence. Wait, what is it? It doesn't even, yeah. Johnny S. In. John Stamos plays a longtime bachelor whose life is upended after he learns he's got a father and a grandfather. Or that he's a father and a grandfather. And a grandfather. So he's, yeah, right. Wow. That's really, it's a high concept piece. John Stamos playing a grandpa. You can tell it just on that. Right. It works. Okay. Oh, I got one for you that I want to hear you riff on about. On Fox this fall, The Grinder. <laughs> I believe that's a show about me sitting on John Stamos's face and moving left and fucking right. Like I'm an orange on top of <laughs> a juicer. Am I right? No. The Grinder. So what funny. What the hell is it about? That's really funny. Okay, The Grinder is Rob Lowe in a comedy. It tells the story of Wait, a... Wait, quick pause. I literally thought John Stamos was Rob Lowe. Right, they're the same guy. They're the same guy. They're the same guy. Wait, I was one... Who is John Stamos? Well, you got half of the story right then. <laughs> oh my God, true. Yeah. Okay, okay. John Stamos is the guy from Full House. Oh, yes. Okay, still he can't be a grandpa. Yeah. That's still weird. Right. It's okay. He's still, good like, b- good-looking, older, yeah. but not-so-old guy. Yeah, not-so-old. 40. He's a stool, not a chair. Let's he's say 40 that. hot. 40 hot. Right. 40-something. Okay. Right. So Grinder's about the Rob gr- Lowe. Grinder is not about you sitting on John Stamos or Rob Lowe's or face. Or Rob Lowe's face. But Rob Lowe is in it. Okay. He tells a story, a comedy of a beloved TV lawyer who takes over his family's small-town law firm when his hits the ends. <laughs> Oh, he'll be hitting the end, if you know what I mean. Yep, so... <laughs> That's douche, it? Douche. <laughs> That's the whole plot? <laughs> he'll be hitting the end, yeah. I get it. Well, that was good. That was a fastball. You threw it right a, yeah. by me. It took a minute for it to come right back Should around say and it again? admit. What was your joke? Say it again. <laughs> you have to, you okay, have to wait. say it again. So, Rob Lowe, comedy tells the story of a beloved TV lawyer who takes over his family's small-town law firm when his, hit, when his hits the ends. Oh, I'll be hitting his end, if you know what I mean. Okay. <laughs> Well, nice. Good. Yeah. Maybe not as hot the second time around. It was hot. Was it but okay? I just knew it was coming. But I'm just. You getting, knew it was coming. But I'm letting everyone. The heft isn't gone. I'm waiting for the. I'm waiting. Right. I'm. I paused for laughter. Pause for laughter. I didn't want anybody to miss. To miss. <laughs> to miss. <laughs> to what miss. we're saying next. This is. That's another baseball. This term. is fucking gold. <laughs> this is good stuff. Yeah. The only good thing that's going to come from the grinder. What network is it? Fox. Fox. On Fox. Okay. So far, I think all of these will be canceled. Any of these? Am I the only one who thinks all of these will be canceled? Uh, yeah, these don't look. Like, like which of these will last? My favorite is a story of a family with a lot of people in it, right. each with their own stories, aka a television show. Woven together. Woven right. together through dialogue yeah. and film scenes. Yeah. <laughs> we present family. <laughs> like what? <laughs> through editing and the television <laughs> set. The use of a script and score. Yeah. And going on with the devil. Uh, theme of these okay. shows, Lucifer. Oh my god. Um, I'm just gonna throw it out there. Janet, is it about... Is it just about Janet? Is it just a live stream This show's Janet? about what I see every time I close my <laughs> eyes and I think about Janet at the same time. <laughs> Which is a hot-blooded Lucifer! The devil. <laughs> the devil herself. Beelzebub. The devil herself. <laughs> the devil herself. I think the devil's woman. Have you seen Bedazzled? Which is Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah, but is the god... Is god a woman? No, God is a black man. 
in a prison. That's what happens. In a prison black man. Which yeah. Which movie is this? <laughs> Bedazzled. Who's starring who? Elizabeth Hurley? And um, Brendan Fraser. Oh, and he's like, he like dates the devil and like falls in love with her, right? Or the, or the devil is like, let's talk. You get seven wishes and I get your soul. But every wish has like a twist where he's like, I want to be rich and wealthy and powerful. And she's like, okay. But then he's like a uh, Colombian drug dealer. And she's like, six more wishes. Oh, I see. Right. And then he goes to jail in one scene, and God is, like, there, but he just looks like an imprisoned black man wearing mm. all white. Your, your first sign. Right. That you're Dead giveaway. Right. Dead giveaway. If you see a black man in prison wearing all white, it's probably God. And he's very old and wise and kind of knows what he's talking about. Actually weirder, he's literally, like, 29. Oh, yeah? And he's like, don't you get it? No one owns your soul. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God. Mm. And Brenda Fraser's like, thanks. And the guy's like, no problem. And he's like, hey, by the... Way, and the guy's gone. He's not in the cell anymore. Oh whoa! Oh whoa! Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, no. Lucifer is tar- Lucifer is about a bored and unhappy as uh, as the Lord of Hell. <laughs> bored and unhappy as, as the Lord of Hell, Lucifer, Welsh Eastender. His actor's name is Tom Ellis. Uh, anyway, this guy who's, you know, the devil. The devil himself. Okay. Yeah. The devil himself resigns his throne and abandons his kingdom for the gorgeous, shimmering insanity of L.A. Oh my fucking. God. <laughs> the shimmering yeah. insanity. Who? <laughs> Who Los Angeles. Shimmering. You want hell? I'll show you hell. Yeah, right. That's what everyone says. Anyway, and then it says, uh, okay, he gets his kicks helping out the LAPD punish crimes. Huh? It sounds like he's a cop who just goes around beating unarmed black civilians. Yeah, I'm really getting uncomfortable vibes from this. So. Guess what is not a really funny point of comedy? The LAPD. Yeah. Oh, whoa, they're doing Minority Report too. That's crazy. A movie? Oh, you mean as well? Yeah, the show, TV Minority show, Report? yeah. Ugh. X-Files? Actually, that's a pretty good idea, I guess. Ooh, X-Files. Yeah. yeah, that is coming back. Can you read that summary just because I want to know? Yeah, okay, this is the X-Files, and then we'll do Scream Queens. Okay, okay. Scream Queens. Ooh. Preview. Okay, X-Files, Mulder and Scully are back for an X-Files reboot with six episodes slated to begin in January. Uh, according to a recent interview with star David Duchovny, who is like a sex addict, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> side note, I hope they weave that in. <laughs> the short season will be a mixture of standalone episodes along with the classic mythology of the show. Hell yeah. So it looks like they can just be woven in. That's crazy. As an X-Files fanatic, I'm pretty excited about that. That's cool. Yeah, six episodes, hell yeah. Okay, Scream Queens. Scream Queens. Christ, I can't get that right. Scream Queens. <laughs> That's how you know it's going to be a failure. Like, right. I would show you on Scream Queens. Scream Queens. I'm on Scream Queens. Screamy Queens. Sorry, I'm on Cream Queens. Scream Queens. Scream Queens. Scream Queens. Scream Queens. The CW Scream Queens. Every time Janet sits on a toilet. Yeah. It's about Janet trying on shoes that are a little too tight and queeping in the middle of a footlocker. And getting scared. And getting scared. Ah, did you hear that? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. My face is right in your crotch. I'm adjusting the shoes. I felt it, too. I'm your scream queen. That's the theme song. <laughs> I'm your scream I'm your scream queen. Ugh, I wish. So I would watch the hell out I of would that. watch that. That show would definitely not get canceled. Mm, um, I would make sure it didn't. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. In the new Ryan Murphy anthology series, All Hell is about to break loose for the Kappa House oh, I know this show. of Wallace University. When a murder takes place exactly 20 years after Mysterious Death originally rocked their college campus. (laughs) Hell yeah, Scream Queen! Wait, that's great. What do we think about the fact that, like, horror TV shows are so popular now? 
Hmm. This American Horror Story. Um, there's a Scream show coming oh, out. Oh, really? There's like a thing. Horror. I swear it's it's all because like the TV network's like, wait a minute. American Horror Story is popular and so it's on cable. Do yeah. you think that's the one? Throw like, yeah, right. Throw like $10 million, split like three ways. One of them will stick. You're so right. Yeah. No, I really that's do think Every single time I see shows that are like clearly copies of other ones, that's what I think. Totally. Okay, the show Blind Spot. Okay, Blind Spot. This is um, another good one. I think it's about um, Janet trying to merge on a freeway for two hours and all the near accidents and then the separate stories of the people she almost hits. Whose lives she ruins. <laughs> Whose lives she ruins yeah. by merging into their car. <laughs> no, but okay, so uh, the photo on this, we were looking at a photo earlier on, the, on on this website and it was of this woman who was covered in, we thought it was mud. Okay. It ended up being tattoos. <laughs> that one? And we thought she looked like a shit covered like human hobo, dildo. Yeah, yeah, human dildo. But okay. no, it's uh, it's the woman who's starring in the next NBC hit, <laughs> Blind Spot. It is not a sh- uh, shit covered dildo. It's actually the star of NBC's Blind Spot. <laughs> Might as well be the same. <laughs> Might thing. as well be the same. Yeah. Both would get the same rating. Right. People would pay just as much attention <laughs> to either. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, hailing from Greg Berlanti, Blind Spot tells the story. Greg of- Berlanti. Yeah, Greg Berlanti. <laughs> he has a new show. <laughs> yeah. Why? Greg Berlanti. <laughs> no, but this is. I don't know this who is, that is. I know. Yeah, but I don't even know. I think it must be like based on a book or something. Oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, Greg Berlanti. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Tells the story of <laughs> Blind Spot. Tells the story of a beautiful Jane Doe. Jamie Alexander. This this is the only time I've ever seen Jamie spelled with two eyes. Oh, and she's like Jaime. Yeah, it's true. Hi, me, Hi, me, Yeah. And Alexander, already getting a little too close to Janet for my liking. <laughs> That's true. Same last name. Yeah, weirded out. Uh, okay, bl- uh, okay. Blindspot tells the story of a beautiful Jane Doe who's discovered naked in Times Square, completely covered in mysterious, in- uh, intricate <laughs> tattoos with no memory of who she is or how she got there. Okay, they literally stole Memento. a diary entry from my last, yeah, oh. from two weeks ago, from, my, from Saturday two weeks ago. And you Saturday woke up week. in the middle of Times Square. Like, hey, Rod, where are you? I'm in the middle of Times Square covered in tattoos. Help me! Greg Berlanti presents Rod. Inspired by Greg Berlanti. <laughs> that sounds really, really, really crazy. There's always, every few years there's a show where it's like, a beautiful woman has no memory of who she is, tries to figure out her truth. Like Dark Angel. Do you remember that show? Yeah, Dark like Angel. Like Dollhouse. Like there's alias. always one. Is alias. There's Isn't always alias a brunette. That? What is it about brunettes that are forced to forget things? That's it's a true. genre. Brunettes. Brunettes aren't allowed to remember anything. Ooh, okay, wait. We're going to have to go over this one just because of who's starring in it. Ooh, hello. Shades of Blue. Okay. What do you think? Um, I don't even know. I'm more thinking about who could be starring in it. Shades of Blue. Okay, I don't know. First, make your Janet joke. Oh, um, I think it's about um, Janet's anemia and all the bruises on her body because her iron is notoriously low. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) She is anemic. Janet, I'm not even going to say anything, but you go check get that checked out. But honestly, Janet, a steak. Eat a steak. Eat some red meat, please. Quick steak. Okay, no, Shades of Blue stars New York's own Jennifer Lopez. Oh, wait, why? Jennifer Lopez on a TV show? Yeah. Shades of Blue? Shades of Blue stars Jennifer Lopez. Stars Jennifer Lopez? First of all, the thing says, Shades of Blue stars Jennifer Lopez stars as sexy New York detective <laughs> Harley Santos. So Put a gun to my mouth. Yeah, no one cares about up front. Let's go Is it about a good cop, Jennifer Lopez, editing. and the bad cop, her butt with a badge? Mm. And their interrogation techniques in the NYPD. Let's see. Shades of Blue stars Jennifer Lopez stars a sexy New York <laughs> detective, Harley Santos, who fell in in with a tight-knit group of dirty cops, taking bribes and protection 
Wait, protection money that she uses to provide the best life for her honest and talented daughter. Ah, oh, so she's a bad she's cop. She's a cop taking money on the side. Maybe she knows she shouldn't be doing it, but mm. the ends justify the means. Oh, or do they? Or do they? When she's trapped by the FBI, however, and forced to inform them on her brothers, she'll have to walk the line between love, loyalty, honor, and, and betrayal. Oh, shades of blue. Yeah. Instead of shades of gray. Get it? I wish... That show actually sounds pretty tight if it was if she did, didn't already have to be an FBI employee. And if it wasn't on fucking NBC. I want that show on HBO, produced by Steven Soderbergh, for her not to be an informant, and to just be about uh, anti I kind of like the... Female t- anti-hero. I kind of like the line towing. Yeah, I like the line towing. I just want it on a network that will let them really tow it. Just, where she has to kill someone right, in it's cold not like, blood for her daughter. Right. Jennifer uh, Lopez's butt stars as the police chief. Yeah. Jennifer Lopez. You're fired! <laughs> oh, okay, wait. Okay, last one on NBC. Okay. This one is definitely getting canceled. It's called, it's called Definitely Canceled. <laughs> it's called Hot and Bothered. Oh, my fucking God. Okay, I think it's about an old folks' home full of horned retirees. Okay. Um, and someone slips Viagra, year long Viagra pills under all of their doors. So everyone is just horny for 12 months living with each other. Mm. Warm? Cold? Not at all. <laughs> like wrong. Not at all. Wrong temperature completely. Okay, wait. Are you ready for this, uh, this up front? If you think the steamy sex, sensational scandals, and wrenching heartbreak on Latino soap operas are <laughs> a little extreme, just wait until you see what happens, <laughs> happens behind the scenes. Hot and Bothered stars Eva Longoria and Anna Sophia, a sizzling TV superstar, and her lively <laughs> family of cast and crew, all competing to steal the spotlight. That is so ridiculous, but I'm actually down. When the cameras turn off, the drama turns up as Anna battles pesky network execs, drunken scriptwriters, narcissistic co-stars, and an, unfan- an unfortunately, an unfortunately familiar new on-screen love interest. An ex-boyfriend. Or, yeah. An ex-husband situation. Or an ex-female lover when she experimented in college. Right. Hell yeah. Maybe she's, yeah, maybe she's... Shortly uh, after her quinceanera. Turning lesbian. Wait, better title, right? Hot and bothered? Maybe turning lesbian. Maybe turning lesbian, starring Eva Longoria, someone who might be lesbian. So... Wait, that sounds like it could be kind of good. Yeah. If it's funny enough. That's really, really, really... I just love the opening of that, like... If you thought Spanish soap operas were too crazy, just wait. Like, yeah. what is this audience? Well, I, I'm going to say, I don't know how many you just read, but I'm going to say 90% of those. Didn't really go over one that I thought was going to really have, last have legs. None yeah. of those are going to have legs. Not even the Jennifer Lopez one, really. Right? Maybe not. I'll be watching Shades of Blue. It's on NBC. Mm, I'll watch the pilot. Also, don't... Uh, Oh, but which one is the one where they actually try? Is it fall or, or spring? Fall, they really try. Okay. And then so spring's, like, their... spring's like all the ones that are like, this one didn't get picked up, but maybe. Yeah. And it's like half um, a spring, series. Yeah, it's like the 13, the, half, the 13 episode commitment. But so many huge shows end up being um, really late fall or early spring shows. Mm. Like Grey's Anatomy was a 13 episode commitment. Even I'm trying Seinfeld, to think of like think ones was. that came out last year that are successful. Like Empire's the biggest one. Empire, yeah. That came out last fall? And I then, think it uh, did, yeah. When did um, Last Man on Earth come out? Did that come out? I think around the same time. Yeah. Yeah, that's those like are the, the only other ones. one that I'm like, this is amazing. Hell yeah. That yeah. and Empire are the good ones. Even Empire isn't, a, even 
Empire isn't as good as Last Man on Earth. Yeah. Empire, you're watching it in this sort of like heightened w- version of watching something. You're like good in quotes. He 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 he. Yeah, he he he. This is really good. Yeah. Like it's good in quotes. Yeah. But no, I'm, Last Man on Earth is just great. Yeah. Cats. It's just really great. It's so good. But ugh, what is it about the networks? Why can't they get anything right really anymore? They're just so out of touch. Out of touch. They're so out of touch. It's crazy. Out of touch. Because... Don't you just want to be in a room of people where, like, you know they're coming in with ideas that are bad, and everyone's just like, oh, Jane, you did it Everyone's again. too busy jacking off, jacking like, off. to money. <laughs> yeah, they're, like, just, yeah. No, totally. Like, you hey, have piles of 20s, and they're, like, yeah, swooping totally. up their mess with the dollar bills. <laughs> they're all just skeeting on the conference table, right. and their assistants are cleaning it with $100 bills. <laughs> While Dan, the intern, is pitching them, I'm hot and bothered, starring yeah. Latino soap opera stars. Yeah. They're like, whatever, we don't care. <laughs> That's a classic ABC pitch meeting. Something about families. Something about, yeah. I have an idea for a show, so it's a family, and it's filled with people in it. And we film it, put it to music, the actors learn lines, <laughs> and it's about them as characters. What? Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> we can call it... What was that show? I don't know. Was there a show called Family? No, that one show. What was it called? What was it? Family in Pieces. Oh, my God. See, so it's really about (laughs) their separate stories. But they're also pieces of the story that make a whole family. Right, right. Just like a real family does. Just like a real family does and just like every narrative does. See if so. Maybe that's what the guy said in the pitch meeting. Right. He really explained the... That part, the title. Yeah, right. They're like, I don't know what you're saying. It's a metaphor. Don't you get it? Yeah. And then, yeah, they don't want to not get it. So they're like, no, I get it. Yeah, right. It's like a puzzle. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, whatever. Here's a blank check. Just so... Uh, uh, hold on one second. Uh, uh, okay, sorry about that. Okay, uh, $7 million. So let's go, go make the show. Yeah. Ugh, yeah, they're all getting canceled, and all the CEOs climaxed already, so... Yeah. Good year at I'm the I'm sure upfronts. they're still going to turn to fucking profit. That's the saddest part. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, advertisers will still buy spots. And now that these TV networks are partnering with, like, major corporations, like... They're going to make money even with... The art is secondary. Yeah. NBC just wants to be middle of the road. They're hot trash. What happened to NBC? That is the... That is the Jean Benet of our time. Jean Benet Ramsey. Yeah, it's like, what, what happened to NBC? Yeah. Who murdered NBC? It's true. They still have good shows, but then they just fuck it, up, fuck it all up. Like what? What do they have that's good? 30 Rock was great. The Office was great. But that was the end. They had How, Parks and Rec. Had one they had one good Yeah, no, but even during that run, it was like, NBC sucks. It's true, yeah. Like, they do The Voice. That's their thing. They yeah, do shitty no, reality true. shows. And all those things were just leftovers of, like, people from the institutions that are still there. Like, basically SNL. Yeah, right. Anything that bleeds from SNL. It's like, how much can we is, just milk Lorne Michaels for? Right. Yeah. He's just gonna run NBC one day, yeah. probably. He should, probably he should, yeah. He should. Things would be more experimental and better. And he has a good business eye. He knows what works and doesn't. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's the upfront. So, fuck you, NBC. We should do a check-in on all those shows in the fall and see. <laughs> yeah, which ones we got wrong. <laughs> which ones we got The wrong. stupidest ones are probably going to do the do the best. One Familiar pieces, Family Pieces is going to be, like, the biggest show of the of fucking... <laughs> the decade. Yeah, the decade. And everyone's going to be talking about right. Naked Tattoo Girl. It's going to be one of those stupid shows that's just in the background and, like, you know it's popular, but you're like, who fucking watches Who watches show? it? And, they, and the people on it are like, who's watching us? Yeah, right. And the people watching it are like, why are we watching this? Yeah, no, like, Las Vegas. That show, <laughs> that like, show was on for so long. Burn notice or like, wait, so true. Or why like Mike Las and Vegas Molly is like, so, I don't know why Las Vegas was on so long. That show was on for like thirty five years. Yeah, it, it was, was on for so right. long. It was to the point where I was like, James Can will die before this show ends. <laughs> that is the only way. Do you remember that show, um, American Dreams? 
Bandstand with Britney Snow, and it was like a drama, and it would be like. You know what's funny is I was I've been re-listening to old uh, Howard Stern clips. Yeah. And uh, Eric, the actor who died last year, was uh-huh. a big Stern whack packer, and he was a huge uh, fan of. Uh, American Dreams, and they like got <laughs> him. Was? They got him. <laughs> Wait, they why? Because Stern... American Idol people would be on. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh so they God. got him on. Uh, they got him on an episode, and I can't remember the. the it's the girl who plays uh, in Spaceballs. She's like the princess in Spaceballs. Okay. He like does the scene. Oh, uh, uh, what's her name? Zuniga. I don't okay. know. I can't remember her first name. Anais. Anais. No, not no. <laughs> Daphne. Daphne Zuniga. Yeah, Daphne yeah, yeah. Zuniga. <laughs> So he's doing this scene with Daphne Zuniga, and then afterwards he's on the show, and like Artie Lang and Howard Stern are talking about how, like, what did you play, like her tampon? Like, because he's a because he's a, he's, a, little, he's a person. little person. That is so vicious. Eric the Midget, that's what they call him. And is he like, mm, thank you for this opportunity? They're like, stop. He's just like so cantankerous, and he's like, quit making fun of me. Not here, not and they're like, why do you call in? We're just going to make fun of you. He's like, I need this. Yeah. Oh, so sad. It's like, you little shit, we got you on the show. We got you on that show. Like, we we now yeah. own you. Yeah, right. Oh, my God, that is so sad. So, that's funny that you bring up American Dreams. Cause yeah. Eric, Eric, the actor, was on that. Yeah, everything about that is funny, not tragic on any level. Right. Just only funny. <laughs> that a little person loved, but also tells you a lot about the American Dreams demographic. Yeah. A little person who was a slave of Howard Stern's loved <laughs> American Dreams. He, would, he, he always claimed to, like, call into American Idol, like, 500 times. To vote for the people he liked? He loved Deanna DeGarmo. Huge Deanna DeGarmo fan. Oh, my God. He would have lost his mind Love Kelly Claire Clarkson. with her. Right. Would Probably. Would have lost his mind. Right. I mean, I'm honestly, like, I'm sad that he passed away last year, but I'm happy he died before American Idol ended. Right. You know, he didn't... Oh, like, yeah, he, he didn't live have in a world the, without yeah, AI. Anyway, so... American whatever that was. American what? What's it called? American Dreams was the American show, Dreams. but it was filled with people from American Idol that yeah. he seemed probably like. So, yeah. Devastating. So, Eric the actor. <laughs> it's people like you who help these shitty shows maintain, so. <laughs> yeah, Whoever honestly. the next Eric the actor is, keep doing your thing. Keep doing your thing. Your democracy in action. Right. Whoever ends up watching Family in Pieces, you're the new Eric the actor in a way. Right. <laughs> Somewhere there's a cat with a TV on. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere there is a preemie that lived about 25 years longer than any doctor would, and because of them, NBC's still making Skrilla. So thanks to all the preemies out there. Uh, Love so, you for it. Yeah. Those one organ, those one organers, <laughs> they're keeping it going. It's that time of the uh, show. It's that time of the year, that time of the month, Janet, and we that time the, of uh, the episode. Are we doing the... Uh... Good devil, friend. devil tongue first, right? Devil tongue first. Devil tongue. <laughs> uh, oh, another TV. Oh, yeah. Another TV. Another TV thing. thing. The new season. We do not watch the show, but on principle oh, yeah. alone, it is the new season of The Bachelorette. Yeah, because that's a stupid show. Reality shows suck. One, this show's disgusting. Tired of the Twitter love that it gets. Yeah, it has Twitter love. It has had a resurgence. Yeah, because it's popular of now. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy, and in a non-ironic way. I mean, a right. little bit ironic, but people also are just watching like it at a certain point. But the new season of The Drop Bachelor, the irony act. It's drop not the ironic. irony. It's sincere. If you're right. following it, we're in sincere territory. Right. You can't hate watch something for 12 weeks, an hour a week. Right. It doesn't work like that. Like, I can't hate read a book. Yeah. When people are like, I hate Red Twilight. I'm like, no, you read Twilight. Right. You don't hate something you put that much time in. Yeah, the new season of The Bachelorette, which apparently pits two women against each other. At the Ew. very end. Yeah. I thought it was at the very end. Producer Janet Alexander, human tampon, says that basically 
two women start off the premiere together, and then the men vote one of the girls off. At the very end. At the very end of the second episode. So tonight or next week. What? I know. So and the then men collectively are like, who's hotter? Yeah, literally yeah. like, oh, I'd rather bang her. Yeah. Uh, okay, you're gone. Bye. Yeah. And then that woman has to be like, okay, guys, now I get to vote you guys off. <laughs> what Thunderdome ass show is this? That is disgusting. That's pretty dark, huh? That's dark. Yeah. The one thing about The Bachelorette, if there is anything to be said, is that I like anything that gives women a little agency. And that is This one flips that on its head. (laughs) If you thought there was any progressive angle of The Bachelorette, just wait until the new season. When the men scream at the women, whoever cries first is eliminated. Like, um, what? Yeah, so that happens. I think it'll happen tonight or tomorrow. Or last night, depending on when you're listening to this, teehee. Um, And yeah, so that show's disgusting. If it's not broke, don't fix it. People were watching it and enjoying it. Yeah. For whatever reason, we don't need to... With, the, with something like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, it's already, to me, such a volca- potential volcanic eruption of awfulness. Yeah, right. That if somehow it's working and people aren't writing 10,000 think pieces about how it's pure garbage, just don't. Just back away quietly. Yeah. Let's not fuck up the formula. Somehow people are watching. Right. Let's not make it worse. Don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. People it's are watching your stupid anyway. show unironically. Yeah, exactly. Don't fuck it up. So... That's the bad. That's the uh, devil tongue of the week. That's devil tongue of the week. It goes to Boochleroot. Barchlerart. Uh, um and yeah. So now it's time for Gardfarn of the Wark. Gardfarn of the Wark. <laughs> as you which would is, say. Which is good friend of the week good for those who week. don't speak whatever that is. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Yeah, my good friend of the week is the city of Los Angeles. Just for, like, the whole th- that, this whole episode, basically? Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, my good friend of the week is L.A. for producing such quality content. Yeah. Um, and really being the hub of an incredibly creative industry like network television. Right. I love you. But also for raising the minimum wage to $15. Oh, right. Today. Yeah, so, job. props to L.A. I'm sure there is going to be really intense... Hot um, takes. Hot takes about it and much larger socioeconomic... Ramifications. Ramifications for the passing of this new law or whatever. So I'm sure I'm only looking at it in the most superficial, broad stroke way. But just the fact that a major city is raising the minimum wage, which is something we should be talking it's about be anyway. Some people. Yeah, yeah, I mean the minimum, the cost of living goes up, minimum wage goes up. It's not complicated to me. I'm sure the inner workings of business are more complicated than that. But it's just like a human who wants people to be able to survive working 40 hours, 50 a hours a week in a city, like they used to. Um, Hell yeah. So, good, good friend job. of the week, L.A., tight. Good job. And uh, I'll say my good friend of the week goes to my boys. Back in the West. Back in the West. <laughs> Just a little farther up that California coast. Eight-hour drive, ain't no biggie, y'all. Coming out of Oakland. Uh-uh, on my way. Golden State Warriors are uh, starting their uh, Western Conference uh, battle with the Houston Rockets. Uh, in 10 minutes as of we're recording this. So. Oh, shit. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it, Partle Peeps. Good job, I wish Warriors. them luck. Like, how many games the do they have until they can win everything? They gotta win four more games in this series, and then after that, they gotta win four more against the opponent coming out of the East Coast. Who's it gonna be? Either the Hawks or the Cavs. Who's LeBron's team? Ooh. Ballin' bigger than LeBron. Yep. And everyone's expecting the LeBrons to come out of the East, but I'm going to hit you with a predict. Hit it. It's going to be the Hawks. Hit me with the predict pick. The predict pick. <laughs> the Hawks? It's going to be the Atlanta Hawks. Oh. 
no name team ballers. That would be hot. Shot callers. So. So to be like double underground or underdogs. Status, right? Pretty under, uh, underdog. I that think every, no one, game. no one's really. Uh, well, the Warriors have been the best team in basketball like the whole year, and it right, would actually but still be underdog in context of how they played before. I right? think it's underdog in terms of the way that uh, basketball is like marketed, and the way that a lot of basketball teams are still run, where it's like we need stars and big mm-hmm. contracts, and like you know, team basketball doesn't matter. Just get it to Carmelo and let him work in the post and, right, right, you know, right. just post him up. But really, like, it's the two teams who could normally. do it are, like, the best because they've been the best this whole year and they play very team-oriented, like, pass the ball, <clears throat> everyone get involved, everyone play defense kind of basketball. Hell yeah. Nice. It's like a shift. It would be like, if that if it was a Warriors-Hawks final series, it would be like, be like, like old school the nerds win. No, it would be oh. like... Nerds win. Nerds win. Nerds yeah. get the girl. Right. N- nerds get the girl. That would that be happens. great. Yeah. I hope it happens. Me too. Want my team to win? My team, I bleed yellow and blue. Right. You've heard it before. I'll say it again. Ride's probably the biggest Warriors fan I know. I would hope that's true. Yeah. I hope you look in the mirror and you're like, one day I'll be as big a fan as him, and then you look to the left and look at me. I go, one day. <laughs> and then I like put put my finger over my lips in the mirror. <laughs> Like, as if, like, don't talk. Yeah, don't talk. Yeah. Just believe. Just try. Just try. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I love them. Love the Hawks. Hope that happens. I That'd hope it's a nerd cool. final. Anyway. And I hope that LeBron is banging Not that the, the Warriors side. don't have stars, because they do have stars. Curry, but their stars Wong are is MVP. really great teammates. Hell, yeah. yeah. It's still teamwork over, like, MVP all right, just pass the ball great. to this dude, right? Right. Yeah. It's still teamwork over, like, get the fuck out of my way, I'm doing work. Totally, totally. It's all me. It's all me. Real talk, it's all me. And it's all me funny real. because the branding ESPN, or not ESPN, but the NBA's done around these finals has been hero ball, which is, like, the opposite of what's been what's Wait, been that's so dumb. Yeah. Instead of just being, like... Like Team group effort, yeah, right. group effort, group yeah, effort right. too, or yeah, whatever. Right. Not that that's a great brand. Yeah. In Hero Ball, that sounds literally like a Subway sandwich, NBA <laughs> synergy. Synergy. <laughs> situation. They're gonna just start serving Hero Five Balls. Five dollar Hero Balls. <laughs> like what? <laughs> oh, it's disgusting. Just a hero just mashed into a ball. <laughs> We took a five dollar foot long and squished it with our bare hands, gloveless, into a ball. Hero ball. So nasty. Five dollar hero balls, and they throw it at your face and hopefully lands in your mouth. Right. Love Subway. Love Subway. Being fresh. Yeah, that's nasty. You actually do love Subway. I I do. That was there was like judgment in your yeah. voice. Do you no, hate but, that I love it? No, no, but I just think it's funny that you every once in a while will just need a hankering for Subway. Isn't it so real? I'll just be like Jack, I want I like want Subway. And I I'm like, no, it. there's really great sandwich places around and here. And I'm already like, out the door. You're like, Rob, but there's yeah. the door is already closed. And they yeah. come back and I'm like, I just ate Subway. <laughs> Subway. Subway. Anyway. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, love Subway. Other good Love the Warriors. Me. Good job, guys. Good job, guys. Love that. Play real. And so Ball is life. In that time of the episode where we say, Janet. Get to work. Get your ass to work. (laughs) That time the episode where we say, get your fucking ass to work. Yeah, you're a jerk. (laughs) Now get to work. I like us changing everyone's well. Yeah. Like we always say, get your bleeding ass to work. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We always a little different. Thanks for listening, Janet. Yeah, thanks, Janet. Get to work. Get to work. You fucking idiot. Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you.